Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. I am Amy Rojic, Director of BDO Center for Corporate Governance, and I have the pleasure of sitting down today with my colleague, Todd Simmons, one of our national tax partners who's been with BDO for almost 13 years now, and prior to that has worked three years with Congress's Joint Committee on Taxation, working with both the House and the Senate on tax law legislation stemming from the late 90s into the early 2000s. So today we hope to address questions by board members who are inquiring about what they might expect from the incoming Biden administration with regard to changes in income taxes. Many are asking about the undoing of tax reform under the Trump administration and the scale and magnitude that we might be anticipating, whether that may be immediate or longer term. And obviously this is a bit of a crystal ball in the current mode, but would uh, be great to get out in front of this and, and get some overall thoughts from Todd and we can continue to update our listeners as regulation gets enacted. So Todd, I'm so glad you can join me today. Thanks, Amy. So let's let's start by what is your understanding of the incoming administration under President Biden to undo tax reform that was enacted by the previous administration? Well, first I'd say, Amy, this was an unusual presidential campaign year in that tax policy did not really have a very prominent role in what the, the candidates were discussing. Of course, with the pandemic, that was front and center, really. Um, foreign affairs was much was, uh, was certainly at the table as well, but we didn't hear a lot about tax policy. The Biden campaign, actually both campaigns, did come out with more talking points as to what they would, they would envision. Now, um, then candidate Biden and now President Biden did indicate that he would be in favor of scaling back many of the provisions that were enacted in late 2017 as part of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. So so as part of that, I know he's there's been a flurry of executive orders as as of the recording of this program, but I'm wondering if some of the specific things that were targeted in those talking points, for example, the you know expected corporate tax rates. What 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 do you what are your thoughts on that? There's a few places that um, the President Biden did go into in, in these talking points that I had referred to. I think, first of all, you know, the, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act rolled back what used to be a 35 percent top corporate rate back to, to, to a 21 percent rate um, across the board for corporations. Um, President Biden would raise that or he's at least talked about raising that to 28 percent, which is sort of a middle ground. Interestingly, um, the president did not indicate that he would bring it right back to 35%, understanding that our rate before the 2017 act was not as competitive as many countries. We had a pretty high corporate rate. Um, and so he's, I think in, in coming out with 28% was looking for a sort of middle ground. So I think that's the first place I'd say that he had talked about uh, making some change. Um, the alternative minimum tax was repealed for corporations. 
Uh, uh, then again, candidate Biden had talked about restoring the alternative minimum tax, perhaps at a rate of 15% as well. Um, he also talked about bringing back um, or, or increasing rather the guilty tax, which is the, um, the global intangible low tax income tax for intangibles. It's income earned by foreign affiliates of U.S. companies on things like patents, trademarks, uh, um, and, and uh, copyrights, et cetera. He would bring uh, that rate up to 21%. Right now it hovers between 10 and 13%. So these are sort of three of, of the areas, and he did go into a few, but three that really would impact businesses. Gotcha. Okay. And then I, I guess, are there offsetting items that might help reduce some of the exposures that people would be concerned about here? Most of what, again, then candidate, now President Biden had, had uh, talked about during the campaign really would be tax increases for the most part. Um, areas where he's looked at decreases are going to impact individuals, such as credits and, and, and things of that nature. Um, but in terms of uh, businesses, et cetera, there would be um, some increasing um, and some pairing back of some of the benefits um, and, and sort of amounts that uh, would cover taxpayers that were enacted in 2017. Okay. So maybe to pick up a little bit, since we have um, a large director audience, would any of the directors um, be impacted by some of these individual credits that you're talking about? Or are these really more for, um, I guess, folks with less income? They're generally going to be folks with lesser income levels. You're going to see things like the child credit. Um, and that's working about that today, even that that's an area that they're looking at the um, the economic uh, impact payments. Again, right now that there was another round of $600, increasing that or adding to that amount. I think in terms of individual tax for our corporate director folks, there, and again, not surprising and consistent with what we were hearing during the campaign is that the rate reductions for individuals that we saw back in 2017, they would be rest almost restored or brought back to those pre-2017 levels. For example, the individual rate was the top individual rate was brought down to 37 from what it used to be at 39.6. Um, President Biden would want that to be brought back to 39.6 for individuals as well. And one thing, Amy, I, I should mention, too, is that most of the provisions in the 2017 Act are temporary, meaning that they generally expire around 2026 with a couple of exceptions. One is the corporate rate having been brought down to 21%, that's permanent. Repeal of the alternative minimum tax, the AMT repeal is permanent. Um, and there's an individual provision uh, affecting alimony that's also permanent. Um, but the rest of the provisions, all of the other ones, such as guilty, et cetera, expire in 2026 because of procedural reasons that they had to put into effect to get the bill to pass. So that's something else that folks you know, could think about is that any changes we see, we might see now out of a Biden administration and uh, our new Congress um, may also have similar procedural components to it that might have those expire as well. Interesting. Okay. So we, we talked about guilty. I know there's another one um, that people often refer to as beat. And I'm wondering if there's any anything there that our listeners would be interested in knowing or anything indicated by the Biden administration with regard to BEAT? Well, from what I'm hearing, the only area that that really got 
notoriety during the campaign was Biden's indication that he would double the the, the guilty rate, um, 21%. Didn't really hear much on beat. Now, again, it'll be interesting to see where the details come out um, as they get into things. But right now, that's really what some of at least you know, the, the campaign had talked about. I am I, certain that there are more details. And another important component is at some point, and we know we know who the Treasury Secretary will likely be, but at some point um, there will be additional Treasury staff appointed, both in the book that have to also go through the Senate confirmation process, some may not, that will be tax policy focused. For example, you'll have an assistant secretary for tax policy, they'll have a deputy, You'll have tax legislative council. These folks will be in charge of putting together the administration's provisions and wish list with respect to many of these provisions, such as guilty and beat and others, and providing detail from where the administration would like to come from. Um, now, of course, the Congress may have its own view of the way it likes it would like to see things, and that's why, why you have negotiations. But that team of staff will be very, very involved in determining and communicating what the administration's uh, wish list is there. And what we might also see, as we usually see out of an administration is sometime around February, uh, the administration will issue their green book, which is their budget proposals and included in there should be some of their tax wish list, again, what they would like to see. And that's where we might start to get a lot of the detail. In other words, in international, not just sort of talking points, but really the way they would want to see things changed. Uh, the corporate rate, you know, if, if there's anything additional, just, you know, not just the rate itself, but if there's other provisions, the AMT, maybe how that would work, if there'd be changes to what the old AMT used to look like, those will all be contained uh, in a green book if it does publish this year. That's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. One other question that um, kind of is, is striking to me is, is with the, the Biden's kind of professed um, interest in climate change and other areas that, um, you know, corporate America is, is you know, uh, maybe on the, on the receiving end versus some of their competitors internationally, do you expect to see tax legislation geared toward credits around you know, being green, being better corporate citizens, you know, what, if you were a betting man, what would you say to that? Well, remembering that, that President Biden and the Congress um, have different groups that they need to make sure are heard in the process. So I would think that, that at least in the Green Book and in their proposal, when, when they really get down to the details of some of their legislative recommendations, you're going to see some of those things. You're going to see some uh, some energy credits, some um, it's called green credits, environmental type um, proposals in in tax in proposed tax legislation to make sure that they they are addressing all the folks that they need to. Um, so I do think that is it's a good chance you'll see some of those things. And remember also, you know, during the campaign we were hearing you know big picture talking points, the, the big issues that, that that folks remember, you know, rates, uh, exemptions, exclusions, and such. When they get down to really putting together a package um, or of proposals, because you know it'd still be proposals from the administration, um, I think you will start to see some of those things. Um, and, and as we hear talking points today, they'll start to to see where it makes sense to put their energy um, in terms of um, you know environmental or um, 
social policy in, in some of these credits and incentives. Gotcha. And, and do you think, given your experience in working on the on the Joint Committee on Taxation, do you think a lot of these potential new legislative moves may be compiled together? Are they going to be rolled out kind of systematically? What's what's your thought there? I think there's a few paths that could take. Now, um, the expected Treasury Secretary, um, Janet Yellen, um, I think has indicated that right now, as understandably, the priority is, is the pandemic. And so it, it may be that if we see an, an, a bill come out, and as we know right now, I think the administration is, is looking at a $1.9 trillion package. That's their wish. Congress, I think, you know, may have some other ideas. But at the end of the day, if and when a package is agreed to, there may be tax provisions in there, like we saw in the CARES Act last year. So we may see some tax pieces that relate to the pandemic in there. And if they do get some pieces in there, Amy, um, those pieces may be permanent. They may not have to go through the procedural hurdles that we that we see um, that we saw in 2017, or may see in a, in a real full tax bill. So that that's one option. And then later down the road, and I'm thinking you know, a little later than we normally would see um, in a new presidential administration, a, a more complete tax package. Now, ordinarily at least in my experience, and I can go back to when uh, we had the second President Bush and the 2001 package, we were doing tax legislation in May, June of his first year. I think that's going to be a little bit early for this administration because of the pandemic. I think the pandemic is going to be job one, and perhaps in the fall, we might start to see a little more of a complete tax package with some of the things that we've talked about um, being included in there. And I think that would be consistent with at least where the Treasury Department is, their mind is right now. And again, this is before they've really brought in or have identified in public some of their top tax policy folks. Gotcha. That that makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like we should really be staying close in tune to what's happening in Washington and how this might be impactful. So I look forward to definitely having you back on. So before I let you go, though, um, any any other thoughts? And, and I know we typically as a firm issue our BDO tax outlet, excuse me, tax outlook survey. And I'm wondering a little bit about that as well, if you can share some thoughts on that. So yeah, we do survey um, executives in, in, in the tax world. Um, and in 2019, for example, we had sent the survey out fall of 19 and published it around February of 2020. We expect to do the same thing this year. You can get it on our website uh, on our BDO.com. You'll be able to find, if you do a search, our BDO Tax Outlook Survey. Again, the last one posted is the one that we released in February pre-pandemic. What will be interesting is, is how that survey comes out this year now that we're in the midst of the pandemic and to see how um, tax executive priorities have changed, how the priorities of corporate tax departments have changed or have had to sort of shift because of the pandemic. So this will be a very interesting survey um, if for that reason alone. Um, so we are looking forward to that being published sometime next month. Great. So I will give you the last word. And are, are there any kind of key thoughts that you have for the directors on this call that as they sit in meetings with their boards and with their advisors, what they may be wanting to ask further? Well, one of the key questions to your point, Amy, is, you know, what's going to happen? We have a new administration. We're going to have new tax laws. We might. 
sit tight because we have to get through some pandemic related legislative and administrative activity first. Um, and any changes we see because of the obviously razor thin margin in the Senate, it's 50-50, but with Vice President Harris, it's 51. Um, it is likely that this that we will not be able to get a, a permanent full tax package through the, this Senate. They'll probably have to go through the budget reconciliation process that they did in 2017, which means that there could be an expiration date on any tax law changes that there are. So watch for that. Watch for how long any tax legislation or any tax changes will last. See how sort of what the amount is for the whole package. Try to, to see you know what the priorities are of the administration. Hopefully, again, when we get some tax policy folks in, uh, in their positions, we'll start to get word on, on a and, and those positions will crystallize a little more. Those are the things we want to look for. And that'll give us a better idea, I think, of where both the administration and then eventually the Congress will go. Now, that's very insightful. Thank you so much, Todd. And I hope to have you back over the coming months to share further thoughts as, as we get developments in this area. Thanks, Amy. All right. Have a great day. Thank you to our audience as well. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.